You're listening to Dad Devotionals with Dave Domzowski. Subscribe to our newsletter at daddevotionals.com slash subscribe. Dad, are you a fan of outdoor and military surplus gear? What about t-shirts to show off your love for the good old US of A? If that's you, Dad, check out beartracks.com. That's bear, B-E-A-R, dash, tracks, T-R-A-X, dot com. Bear dash tracks dot com. The father-daughter team of Bill and Jaden started Bear Tracks because of their love for the outdoors. You'll even hear Bill discuss Bear Tracks in episode two of the Family VC podcast. Their focus is on great customer service, making customers feel safe and welcome and proud to be Americans. With Bear Tracks, they want you to feel like a kid again. Go over to bear-tracks.com and find your favorite gear. No matter what has hurt you, there is a simple yet powerful answer to your healing. Forgiveness. My guests today are a true power couple. They are Dr. Bruce and Tony Hebel. They have helped thousands of people experience the freedom of the gospel through the power of forgiveness through Forgiving Forward Ministries. Bruce and Tony are co-authors of the book, Forgiving Forward, Unleashing the Forgiveness Revolution. They're also the creators of the Regenerating Your Marriage CD series, something that I know me, myself, and all the dads listening, I know we can all use. It's always a good reminder for that. They join us today to talk about how we can learn how to truly forgive others in our own lives. Bruce and Tony, welcome to Dad Devotionals. So great to have you both. Well, it's great to be here, Dave. Yes, thank you for having us. We're excited about what God's going to do here. Amen, and no problem. So let's start with this. Tell us what exactly is Forgiving Forward? Well, Forgiving Forward came out of our own lives. We had our own long story. We'll get to that maybe in just a minute. But basically, it's it's our passion given by God to help people experience the freedom of the gospel through the power of forgiveness, because we believe that unforgiveness is the most harshly disciplined sin a believer can commit. And until we learn to forgive, uh, our life cannot be free and we can't be free to be everything God wants us to be. Sure. Do you, do you want to tell us about your journey to it a, a little bit? Give us like the two minute version. Sure. Is there a two minute version? <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, we've been in ministry for umpteen years and, over the first 30 or so, we got wounded a lot um, as a pastor and a pastor's wife and a pastor's family. Sure. We had been, we've been through many, many horrific things, um, lots of betrayal, um, physical. Uh, I was accosted, accosted physically in an elder board meeting. So yeah. actually, yeah. Yeah. Um, we've had a, one of our children was molested by a church member and that went through the court system and all that mess. Uh, and we had a couple of prodigals. Yeah. And just a lot of stuff. And so um, we were at our lowest. This was in 2006. We were in our lowest and God stepped in and set us free through the power of forgiveness. It's a real supernatural thing that happened. And it was so impactful that we knew that it was time for us to leave the local church and share this message with the church at large. And so since 2009, we've been pretty much on the road um, teaching this message to the world. And what we have witnessed and seen happen is just incredible. And our heart is that all people get to experience this freedom and not live with the baggage of the wounds of their past. Wow. That is, that is so beautiful. Thanks for sharing that. I mean, you know, you're, you're not just up here, 
given lip service to it, you've actually experienced it. Right. Yeah. It came out yeah. of our lives. We yes. suffer the we suffer the consequences yeah. of our own unforgiveness. <laughs> wow. And uh, w- not even knowing really that that was the issue. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was a pastor for 30 something years and I as a pastor, you're supposed to know these things, right? We, you know, we, we don't have problems. We fix problems. So I had my own year, probably a year of a uh, year and a half, maybe of personal torment where the ministry is going well, everything is outside looked great, but inside I was a mess. And I didn't tell Tony, my best friend, anybody, because again, I'm a pastor. We're supposed to have these things together and we don't, we foolishly, don't realize that we have to deal with our own wounds. And uh, it took a friend, uh, a counselor, actually, who's become a dear friend in a challenge and in a three-day spiritual retreat with me and God for I, God said, you haven't forgiven this same, this man, this particular guy. And I said, yeah, I did forgive him. God, I wrote him a letter and told him so. And God said, I read your letter. You haven't forgiven. Mm. You shamed him in it. And so often we salute forgiveness, but we don't actually do it. We know it's, we can't say it's a bad thing, but we don't actually know how to. And in that season, that, that, that day I forgave, got radically free, shared it with Tony. She got free, mm-hmm. shared it with our kids. They were 18, you know, to 21, something like that. They're in their, their late teens, early twenties. Yeah. And they had been wounded a lot. They got free. I later few weeks later, shared it with my dad. My dad, I helped my dad forgive. And we learned not only the protocols of forgiveness and, and what God requires of forgiveness, but we also realized that most people who need to forgive need help doing it. And mm-hmm. no one's training people how to do that. So we're actually not only coaching people forgiveness, we're training other people to coach people to forgive. And it was what was very impactful besides our own personal lives was our family. So when we had this time with our kids and I think they were more like 16 to 22 or something like that. Um, we spent, we didn't plan this again. This is the Lord just led this. We didn't mm-hmm. say, okay, one day we're going to do this with our kids, but the God, God just opened this door and we spent 11 hours in one day forgiving old stuff. Wow. So we dealt with the outside wounds coming in the church wounds. We dealt with uh, the wounds in between us and them and them and us as well as between them as siblings. And that day changed us all forever. It was, it was incredible. The difference. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. They're all, they're all walking with God intimately. Now they're all Mm -hmm. married, uh, serving God. Uh, one's a pastor, one's a worship leader. The other one, she is just, uh, has her own ministry with her husband and has given us grandkids, which is a lot better than kids. (laughs) That's what my parents tell me too. Yeah, <laughs> you know why yeah, grandparents- there, there's so much. I'm sorry, again. You know why grandparents and grandkids get along so well, right? They have a common enemy. <laughs> <laughs> it does feel that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah it does. It does. <laughs> well, look, there, there's so much to unpack there, but I want I want to ask this. So, you know, you, you mentioned how we don't know how to, and I think it, it's we're very much told not to in society, right? The mm-hmm. society tells us mm-hmm. no, you got to get revenge. Forgiveness? Yeah. What's yeah. that? Yeah. You've got to go out yeah. and get revenge. Can you speak to that for a second? Uh, sure. I mean, the gospel is always countercultural yeah. by definition, right? So what God is calling us to do is counter to what the world is saying. And actually, it makes sense that the world doesn't get this, mm-hmm. because without the cross, there's no basis for forgiveness. Yeah. Because and if I can just 
kind of back up a little bit and kind of run at it from a different route, please, uh, and deal with the the motivation, the mandate for forgiveness. And we all know the Lord's Prayer. What's the one clause in the Lord's Prayer that has a condition attached to it? It's forgiveness, right? But it's not the condition we would expect. Right. If I were predicting Jesus was going to give us a, a a condition to pray about forgiveness in a model prayer, it would be, God, help me forgive others the way you have forgiven me. But it's exactly mm-hmm. the opposite of that, isn't it? Yeah. We're to pray, God, use the standard I use at dealing with the people who wound me as a standard you use to relate to me. And do we really want God using anything we do as a standard, particularly how we do with wounds? Yeah, forgive me in the same way. In the same way. I forgive them. In fact, it's the only clause he gives immediate commentary to when he says, if you forgive men their trespasses, your father will forgive you. If you don't, he won't. Hmm. And we're not talking about eternal security. It's a whole nother question. But what he is saying is this, the way we deal with the people who wound us is how God will relate to us while we're walking around on the planet, which is somewhat unsettling. But it gets more intense than that. In Matthew 18, Peter asked Jesus a question about forgiveness. How many times do I forgive my brother? It's seven times enough, right? Well, Peter knew the Pharisees of the day said, if someone sinned against you twice, you had to forgive three times. If you want to be generous after that, don't have to, probably shouldn't. So when he was saying seven times, he was looking for a pat on the back. He was doubling the maximum of the Pharisees, right? And Jesus said, how about 70 times seven, which is 490 times, which is an unlimited number when you think about it. Because if you get into the 460s and you're still counting, <laughs> probably haven't forgiven. Haven't pretty good chance you haven't been forgiven, right? Right. And then he tells us this story. This He, he gives us this, this image that, 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 that heaven wants us to understand about forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And he uses a parable, uh, a, a natural story to teach a supernatural truth. And in this story, a ruler collected debts from some servants who owed him money. One owed him 10,000 mm-hmm. talents pay me what you owe me. I don't have it. Then I'm going to throw you and your family into debtor's prison. Please, please, please give me time. I'll pay it back. He didn't ask for forgiveness. He asked for time. But the ruler gave him more than he asked for. He forgave him the debt. Now, that's a great story. And I read it hundreds of times. I taught it without understanding it many, many times. Mm -hmm. Because we don't really know what a talent was worth in that day. It was a measure of money that was equivalent to 60 mina, and a mina was three months' wages. Mm-hmm. Okay. So 180 months' wages for one talent. That's 15 years, one talent. <laughs> he owed 10,000. That's a lot. That's 150,000 years' worth of wages. Please, please, please give me time. Anybody yeah. got right? <laughs> anybody got a mortgage of 150,000 years? I don't think so. <laughs> That's $7.5 billion at 50 grand a year which is the median income in the U.S. That's an insurmountable debt that the ruler forgave. Well, one would expect that you'd be in a good mood if you got that kind of a gift, but he wasn't. He found another servant in the same line with him, not under the rulers, not under his authority, equal with him who owed him 100 days wages, 16 grand. Mm -hmm. Same appeal. Please give me time. I'll pay it back. The first, that's possible. You can pay that, but 7.5 billion, no, we're not getting close to that. He choked him and threw him in prison. And the ruler heard about it, summoned him and said, you wicked slave, Mm. not a compliment, by the way, I forgave you all that debt because you asked for mercy. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow slave the same way I had mercy on you, which I think is a legitimate question. Mm, Absolutely. And then it says, the the ruler moved with anger, handed him over to the tortures until he should repay what he owed. Well, what did he owe at this point? 
At this point in the story, he didn't know the money because that'd been forgiven. You can't reclaim a debt you forgave, but he owed something. He owed mercy to the next guy. Mm. Right. For what we call forgiving Forgiving forward. forward. Yeah. And what's interesting, the torture in that day was a man who was assigned to the jail and who was skilled at exacting the greatest amount of pain for the longest amount of time without someone passing out or dying. Wow. Right. Most people, a lot of people saw the movie Braveheart. It's a guy yeah. at the end of the movie. We all know what torture looks like, waterboarding, all those things. Yeah. He leaves the parable, which is significant because mm-hmm. he's no longer telling a pretend story. He's now addressing yeah, the that's, question. That was the key verse that stood out to me. Like when I realized the last verse of Matthew 18 was not a pretend parable. You can just kind of chalk it up to, oh, this is a principle to learn. No, it's mm-hmm. Jesus actually saying this to his disciples. It's the application of the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My heavenly father will do the same to you if each of you doesn't forgive your brother from your heart. And the same what? Yeah, the question needs to be asked. Well, in the context of Matthew 18, it can't mean anything but hand you over to the torturers. Wow. It's like, whoa. And it's not because we've been wounded. It's because we haven't forgiven the wound. Mm. And a torture, in the, that word torture is also translated torment. Mm-hmm. It's used 18 times in the Greek New Testament, the Greek word there. Yeah. It's Every other time, maybe there's one exception, but every other time it's used in connection with hell or demonic activity. What Jesus is literally saying, this was shocking to me. Mm -hmm. God withholds his protection when we don't forgive. He gives legal authority for demonic forces to torment us when we don't forgive. Wow. And again, it's not because we've been wounded. It's because we haven't forgiven the wound. And it's not God torturing us. He's giving authority and permission for it to happen. Wow. Um, and describe some of the torment. You know, the way we see torment in our world today um, Please, yeah. is depression. That was my issue. Mm. Um, I got to the point where I literally was wanting to plan my way out of here. And wow. that's when God stepped in. That's my story. Um, it, we also see it in great fear. And when I say these words, I'm not talking about just a little sadness or just a little, you're scared of a snake, but the kind of things that grip you, um, mm. the emotions that grip you. So there's depression, anxiety, fear, paranoia, um, the anger issues, outbursts of anger, where you're easily you know, angry. Mm. We see it in all the addictions. That's 100%. If someone is addicted to um, drugs, sex, alcohol, um, some food issues, Mm. we see the root being unforgiveness, believe it or not. And also their attempt to satiate the the pain. Mm -hmm. And if we can get to the root of what, where that forgiveness began, which is what we, that's what we do. Then those issues of addiction will leave. We've also seen it, seen it in um, uh, some physical issues. The first time that happened, uh, a woman walked into our office and she could barely walk. She was in her mid fifties. Her husband had to carry her purse and she forgave four abortions that she had had with four different men. Wow. She, she forgave herself. For for, forgave herself. Yeah. yeah. And so as we need to forgive ourselves too, we wound mm-hmm. ourselves. And when we forgive, we forgive wounds, not people. So she was forgiving the wounds, the things she did that hurt herself. And so when she did that, um, when she was finished, her, her husband's arm was around her like this, you know, his arms around her back and, and something happened where, he just kind of, his arm flew off, hit the back of the wall. It's just the weirdest thing. This is the very first time we experience this. Wow. And um, so he said, I don't know what that was. And she said, well, I don't know either, but all I can tell you is I have no pain. There is no pain in my back. There's no pain. It's gone. And he says, oh, we have right. So he says, stand up and prove it to me. So she was able to stand all the way up. 
He said, can you touch your feet? And she went all the way down and she did back and back and forth three times. Um, and she was pain-free. Oh, and wow. so that's been, we've seen heart issues. Now I want, I want to make sure this is clear that every physical issue is not related to unforgiveness. Sure. Absolutely not. But sometimes the torment is in our bodies that way in a physical way. And so we have seen um, many different issues healed, but that's, um, that's just one way of what, how we've seen freedom and what the torment looks like. Yeah. And we've seen people set free of cocaine one setting because they forgave. We've seen people uh, freed from sexual addictions. We've seen uh, homosexuals turn back straight. Just from oh, wow, and we and oftentimes, uh, particularly if there's a, a an adultery situation, mm-hmm. and, and we we coach couples, we have a ninety plus percent breakthrough rate in marriage marriages coming to us in crisis that walk out in one sitting free mm-hmm. and wow. reconciled. Uh, one lady uh, was multiple; it's happened multiple times. But one particular situation, uh, they they came in and sat down, and the lady looked at me and said, uh, "I'm only here because the judge said we had to see one more." counselor, mediator, someone, I didn't care who he picked you. Can we get this over with? So I can call the judge and I'm going, well, this is going to be fun. <laughs> three and a half hours later, cause it's a long conversation. Uh, three and a half hours later, she, the same woman looked at me and said, you're a pastor, right? I said, I've been accused. <laughs> can we renew our vows with you now? Wow. And now they're, I mean, he's now coaching people the way we, with a three forward with model. And yeah, yeah. it's, it, it's crazy what God does when we choose to forgive yes. and the torment is there again, because of our unforgiveness. It's a discipline. It's purely just a, it's simply a discipline. Yeah. And so discipline in scripture is only there until a person repents which is changing their mind, metanoia, the word refer repent. And so when they change their mind and recognize that they have been um, basically, according to Hebrews 10, stomping on the blood of Christ by not forgiving, wow. then the torment leaves. Yeah. So the question becomes why? Yeah. Why? Why? Why does God discipline unforgiveness this harshly? It's more. Well, let, let's let's yeah. hold off right there. Let's come. Let's right. Start with that after the break, because that's, that's a great setup for. After Sound the break. good. Sounds Absolutely. good. All right. So. We're going to take a moment to thank our sponsors. When we come back, we'll chat more with Bruce and Tony about forgiving forward. We will be right back, folks. Hey there, Dad. Do you want a job you can do online? What about a way to bring in some extra money for the family? If so, check out paidtowrite.co. That's paidtowrite.co. You can write articles, blog posts, social media posts, reviews, and more. Go to paidtowrite.co, click on the video, and Sarah will be happy to tell you how to get started. paidtowrite.co, go there now. All right, so we're back with Bruce and Tony Hebel. They're the husband and wife team behind Forgiving Forward Ministries. So Bruce, before I cut you off there before the break, please continue what you were saying there. Well, again, the question is, why does God discipline unforgiveness more harshly than any other sin we as believers can commit? Because it is, I can't find anything else he hands us over to tormentors for. Mm. And the answer is why, uh, to the why question is forgiveness is at the core of the gospel. Mm-hmm. You can't cut the gospel anywhere. It doesn't bleed forgiveness. Right. In Matthew or in Luke 24, uh, 46, it, 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 if it's not the last conversation, it's one of the last conversations Jesus has 
with his disciples before he ascends into heaven. He says, thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and rise again on the third day so that. Now, that's so that's a purpose clause. Why is that important? Because with a purpose clause, what proceeds is never the main goal. It's the means to the main goal. Mm-hmm. And I think all of your listeners would agree that the death and resurrection of Jesus is a pretty big deal. Yeah. But it's not the main goal. Right. It was the means to the main goal. What was the Why did he die and resurrect? So that repentance for forgiveness of sins be proclaimed in his name to all the nations. Forgiveness is at the core of the gospel. And the gospel is simply this. In the Garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve sinned, not only did man lose a lot, but there was something that impacted God. We lost the relationship we were designed to have with God. Right. It, God lost the glory we were designed to give him. And God said, I want my kids back and my glory back. And mm-hmm. there's a big problem. It's 150,000. It's more than 150,000 years worth of wages debt. They'll never be able to cover it. Jesus, is there something you're willing to do about it? Sure, Dad. I have more than enough righteousness in my account. I can cover it. So he leaves heaven, comes to the planet, lives 33 and a third years perfectly, stretched out his arms on the cross. He said, it is finished. Mm-hmm. Well, what was finished? The payment for the sin debt of the world. First John 2, 2. He, Jesus, is the satisfaction for our sins, but not for ours only, but also the sins of the whole world, which means every sin ever committed by anybody anywhere on the planet, past, present, or future, was paid for by Jesus on the cross. It is finished. Three days later, when God the Father raised him from the dead through the power of the Spirit, the Father was saying, I agree. I, I received the blood of my son as payment in full for the sins of the world against me. So when we say, much like Tony was starting to say earlier, God may forgive, but I won't. We're saying, dear Heavenly Father, I'm so impressed that you've received the blood of your son as payment in full for the sins of the world against you. But what they did to me or my family or the people I love, I need something more than that. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah. And what father would easily handle the crowning achievement of his son being devalued by the very ones he achieved it for. We, how do we say it, baby? The blood of Jesus covers all sins, mm. including the ones that wound me. Wow. So forgiveness is simply applying the blood of Jesus as payment in full for every wound I ever have or will suffer, which rolls us back to that first question. The gospel is the only way you solve the debt issue. The world doesn't get it. So if I forgive the world system, if I forgive you, I'm absorbing the cost. And then you have to carry it. And so I carry the cost. You get off free. And there's a re- resentment that comes in that. But what we're saying is whatever it was, the blood of Jesus has already settled it. He carries it. He carries it. Absolutely. And he's paid for it. And so I'm free. In the same way, if somebody runs a stoplight and hits you, mm. you ask for two things when you when you get out of the car, make sure everybody's, after, you know, everybody's breathing and safe right. and walking, right? Two things. I want their identity, their, their driver's license, and I want their insurance card. Because if I see their insurance card, I no longer have to worry about them or even deal with them because there's a greater entity that is committed to pay for the damages inflicted. Right. There's a greater entity, the cross of Jesus, that is already already paid for anything that ever happens to us. So when we don't forgive, the torment comes. When we forgive, we get to walk in the freedom of the gospel, and we get to experience the joy of the Spirit, and we get to experience all that God wants Mm -hmm. us to be. But He won't let us experience that in fullness when we're dishonoring His sacrifice. 
Um, I wanted to ask you this. What about the person that, you know, they're, they're mad at me for doing something to them and they don't, they don't want to forgive me. Like, I, I understand. I think it's, mm-hmm. we, we laid a great foundation for how can we, you know, forgive somebody else. But what about the person that's just too hung up on what I did to them or what they think I did to them? How do I right. maybe entice them to forgive me? Well, kind of a, a running up to that, what one thing that we teach that's based in scripture is that forgiveness and reconciliation are not the same thing. Mm. Many people believe that reconciliation is proof of your forgiveness, but it is not. You can forgive. It's between you and God. We do it in prayer form out loud and be completely free of the torment, but still not be reconciled with that person. I believe it's Amos 3.3 that says that how can two walk together unless they be agreed? Mm -hmm. And if one person is saying, I don't, I'm not receiving your repentance, or if one person is saying, I don't forgive you, then reconciliation can't take place. Because in order for reconciliation to take place, the person who was wounded needs to forgive. And we recommend they do that first because that's how Jesus did it. And then they just keep it quiet. They wait on the Holy Spirit to move in the other person's heart. And that other person who did the wounding needs to repent. So your question is, what if I've repented? Or or I guess I'm assuming that that person, the person who did the wounding repents to the person that they wounded and says, hey, I'm sorry what I did. I'm, I don't, I wasn't thinking straight. I don't know why I did that, but now I know it's wrong. Will you forgive me? And if that other person says, no, I will not forgive you or demonstrates lack of forgiveness by cutting you off or whatever that looks like he has some kind of vengeance, then you've just switched chairs. You, we call it chairs because we do this around a table where we explain reconciliations at a table. So you have just switched chairs. Now you are the one that's wounded because they did not forgive you. You Mm. meaning whoever that is. So you must forgive that person for not forgiving you because that's a wound. We don't forgive people, although they're involved, we forgive wounds. Jesus said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. We need to forgive what people do or don't do, whether it's intentional or unintentional. Even if it's expectation we had and they had nothing, they didn't know anything about it. Um, if we don't forgive it, meaning we put it at the cross, then we will be holding that on and, and torment can come. And that's yeah. a big, that's a big uh, issue uh, we find with people. They they tend to think, well, forgive the person and not forgive the wounds. But forgiving the person doesn't work. Just to say, I forgive my mom I, doesn't yeah, work. I forgive my dad. For what? Existing? He's creating them in the image of God. We're to honor all men, right? right. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Mm. We forgive the wounds that, that they inflict. So the person will have inflicted the wound. So there's an association with the person. But you got to forgive the wounds. The it's individual like, things it's, that they've It's done. a debt. So you yeah. forgive debts that have happened to you. So uh, from my heart, I choose to forgive my dad for this, 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 this. You forgive the specific wounds. Right. Uh, Going into your heart. That's what Matthew yeah. 18 says is to forgive from your heart. So to say I forgive my uncle is to stay in my head, just mm-hmm. to say his name. But if I say, I've, and I'm making this up, by the way, if I forgive my, I forgive my uncle for molesting me when I was 10, which then caused me to make choices in my life that to receive love that I, I never got. And so I made choices that led me down this path, which um, are just, I forgive him for embarrassing me, for shaming me, for making me feel like I wasn't good enough for whatever it is. You go down into the place where you were wounded and speak out those things, um, those specific wounds from your heart, meaning you have to get into the emotion of it because that's where you were wounded. Yeah. And that, that leads to the 
the distinction that forgiveness isn't a process, it's a transaction. Mm. It's not a process. It's not like, oh, eventually if I keep doing, I'll get there and I'll break free. No, it's a choice. It's a decision. So from my, I'm choosing to forgive. So in, in the same way, buying a house may feel like a process, but it's not. There may be a process leading up to to get to that, but a, a buying a house is a transaction. You sit in a closing attorney's office and you write, you sign a paper and they sign a paper, you hand the money, they hand you a deed and you walk out. It's a transaction. So forgiveness is transactional. Another reason why Meaning, it feels like a process is that oftentimes there's many wounds we have to deal with. And right. sometimes there's a, there's a time issue of getting to the wounds, mm-hmm. but it's a series of transactions, not a process. So, And that's significant. Yeah. Right. So when we forgive something, whatever it is, you know, an uncle, I'll just say that and all these things, we don't have to go back and rehash that. Once it is spoken, I choose to forgive my uncle for doing this, this, and this. And we seal it by blessing, which is, we haven't talked about that yet, but we, if you can't bless someone, you haven't forgiven them. So when you have dealt with all the wounds, the Holy Spirit, by the way, is it working with you on this? It bring He brings those to mind and you have laid those at the cross one at a time and there's nothing else coming to your mind. Then we seal it by saying, Lord, would you please bless my uncle by enlist the things you want good for him, not things to change for you, like by making him do this for me, whatever. no, by blessing him and with his family, that his children will be unified with him, that is, he'll do well at his job and you'll provide this and that, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, so and of, oftentimes with that, if you're if people struggle with how to bless someone, we say, bless them in the area in which, in the way in which they like wounded, wounded you. Yeah. Right. So if they took that some he money may from be, you, that he may be set free from yeah. the torment yeah. that's con- that caused him to do what he did to me. Or, um, so but once we have finished that, then the words Jesus spoke apply to us as well. It is finished. There's no going back and rehashing it. That just keeps torment that it is under the blood. It is finished. The only thing that new that might come up is any new wounds that he may cause in your life from this day forward. Or you may a week from now, the Holy Spirit may Spirit may bring to your mind something that he did that you did not deal with, you know, something new that you had forgotten or buried. Right. And then you deal with that. But yeah. you only forgive re- once. If, and if they repeat that wound, right. You forgive, you forgive the forgive repeated wounds. The new wound, because mm-hmm. it's a new wound. Right. right. Kim, so this is a obviously a podcast for dads. For I also have some moms that listen as well. How can we model this forgiveness for our kids and really teach it to them, whether, you know, whether no matter the circumstance, whether it's with friends or something in that one of their siblings did or something that we did or something that maybe they uh, dealt with in school, whatever it is. Can you, can you speak to that for a moment? Yeah, I think, I mean, our experience was that, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with my own torment and it's affecting the kids, right? I, it impacts yeah. them. Right. So, but I have to get my own heart, right. Yeah. All right. Get for yourself first. Uh, wounded people wound people often in that way in which they're wounded. Wow. And, uh, Oftentimes, it's a parent wound. When we have couples that come to us in crisis, and we've helped thousands of them, 100% of the time, it's never not been this way. The wound that's causing the torment that's driving the conflict in marriage predate the couple ever meeting. Wow. So it goes back to so I, to the model, it, I've got to do it. So I might need to find somebody. I mean, that's why we have our material out there. We could talk about, we'll talk about a little, little bit later what we have available, but uh, we've got a book and a video series and, and a seminar and all sorts of, we're training people how to forgive. So dads, you got to go back and deal with your own stuff. Mm. 
deal with your own wounds and you get free. Once you experience and out of your freedom, then you can help your kids. That's what we did. We helped our, we, we, we worked with our kids and then you begin to model forgiveness. They'll see you get hurt. Then you forgive and you, you walk through that. And then you bring in when you, when you see it in them and that the, the wounds that they're suffering immediately say, guys, we need to forgive that. Remember Jesus paid for that. And then help them do it. Coach and them. help them do it. So prayer. learn the protocols for yourself, learn how to do it. your in your life, work it with your mate and, and y'all get free. And then you will, in your freedom, you will model that. And then you will be able to see the, the signs of unforgiveness in your kids and you can train them. I wish I had known this yeah. when I was ever. a kid. Yeah. And yeah. what, well, well, that's it, a, a that story, story just came to me. We have a um, a husband wife couple who got this message personally, and they applied it. And then their eight year old boy um, was struggling with something at school. So they said, "Let's just try this with him." You know, we've we've coached all ages from five on, I guess. And so, anyhow, he so he forgave his mom and dad, led him to forgive this this boy at school and all that. And he was just amazed at how much freedom he received and the joy came back and he was good to go. Well, he went to school the next day and his teacher was making some kind of comment to him um, in bitterness. I mean, she was Mm. putting down somebody that that, I don't remember the details of that, but she was, she was putting somebody down. He he, he just, in his eight year old mind, recognized, he recognized it. This was unforgiveness. And so he talked to his teacher about, Hey, I just forgave my friend last night. I think you need to forgive this person. And he pulled out, he had a bookmark that we had given him. We have these little bookmarks with the protocols and he gave it to her and he says, I can listen. I can help you if you want. And she actually forgave that person and called the parents and said, your son set me free. (laughs) So wow. I thought it was incredible. Now so, that's a testimony. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and, and, and here's the thing. It's not difficult. It's not. I mean, it's hard to do, but it's incredibly simple. Yeah. Uh, but the gospel is simple. It's the second half of the gospel. And so if it gets complicated, you probably have not, you probably added the gospel, right? So the gospel is simple. And so pr- forgiving is simple. It's a sometimes a hard decision for us to make hmm. because you know, we, we still want that revenge. We still want that. But it's when we choose to forgive very simple protocols, mm-hmm. our freedom comes. Yeah. It's it's amazing. Oh, man, that, that's so beautiful. I, I, lo- I love that story. I feel like I'm going to take that soundbite right there about that child. And that's yeah. going to be one of the main things that I market for this episode. That's awesome. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. And now uh, he's going to high school, I think. We no, just, no, he's no, in he's college. Go- he's going into college. Yeah. Kid. Wow. Great kid. wow. Great kid. Wow. Great family. Oh, that's amazing. All right. Well, this is the time that I that I love the most. This is the segment that I love the most. It's the lightning round. So quick All answers. Right. You can uh, you can take a question each. You can take them both together, however you'd like to do it. Five questions. Are you ready to go? Let's go. Yeah. All right. So what is the most rewarding thing about serving people in your ministry? Wow. I think it's just there, there is a joy that you get when you see people free there. It, second only to leading people to Christ, which we do a lot in this ministry. It's just the it's just the satisfaction and the joy of the spirit in us when we see someone free. Yeah, it's when crazy. you see a couple come in and they are on opposite sides of the couch and their divorce is almost ready to happen and they walk off arm in arm, ready to start their life back together again. There's just nothing like it. And it That's lasts. It has to make it really uh, worth it coming to work every day, right? Oh, every day, awesome. yes, it does. Yep, 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 yep. Oh, I love it. So what about the most difficult thing about serving folks in your ministry? Uh, it's exhaustion. It's exhausting. 
Yeah, yeah, it's, it's exhaustion. Hard. Yes. It's hard, and you know, there's a, there's just a trusting God in the whole thing, and and just seeing it. But yeah, it's it we because we travel all the time. We're on the road um, quite a bit, and now that COVID is kind of lifted a bit, we're now back on the road, and so coming in and out, and you know, doing all the things we do, it's just it's tiring, but it's a good tire tired some or whatever. You know, it's just a good yeah. But that's probably our. We have to really pace ourselves, eat right, healthy, and all that stuff just to keep moving on. Yeah, we eat right. Well, I do. <laughs> he tries. One of us does. <laughs> now, are you now? You know, the way it comes across on this interview, it looks like you're both extroverts. But is are you? Is one of you an introvert, or are both of you introverts? Or I'm an extrovert. And she, I'm an introvert. She is okay. a. She's kind of on the. On I'm the, in the mid. On the Briggs Meyer, she's yeah. kind of like in the right in the just under the extrovert, mm-hmm. the midline. So, but yeah. she's got an extrovert side to her in ministry. So in her communication. Not, yeah. So yeah. You need a little bit of that downtime. I'm schizophrenic. Yeah, exactly. You yeah, got yeah, it. She's going to go hide. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. All right. So number three, uh, who besides yourselves uh, and each other, who is one Christian you admire and why? Living. Uh, yeah, there's so many. Uh, yeah, there's a lot. I know uh, it's hard to pinpoint. <laughs> they're really, you know, I, um, Hmm. I'm gonna give one. It's kind of okay. Uh, Dr. Jay Lanier Burns, who is a uh, I guess he's chair emeritus of the theology department at Dallas Seminary, uh, who is uh, the most intellectually brilliant man I've ever been in a room with. Uh, but he's the most humble, uh, dependent Christ follower. One of the most I've seen. He he has this incredible mix of brilliance and 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 humility and and care and compassion and uh, yeah, Doctor mm-hmm. Burns just m- long story about that, but he just made a big impact in my life when we were in DTS. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'd say I guess the one that made one of the greatest impacts on me was Michael Wells. He's deceased now. Uh, he's his wife still runs the ministry called AbidingLife.com as the website, and he's written just numerous books on abiding. And he, wow. we knew him personally walk with him and he taught me so much in those dark times on how to just rely on the Lord. Sure. Amen. Uh, best resource on biblical forgiveness other than your own resources or the Bible itself. Um, well, RT Kendall's book gave a lot of, had a lot of influence in us when we were doing this. Uh, I think he's got some good stuff in that really What's good stuff. Called? in that. What's his book title? Uh, Total Forgiveness. Total forgiveness. Uh, Lewis Schmid did one, uh, years ago. I forgot the name of, uh, it, forgiveness is the title, but I don't the specific, mm-hmm. specific name of that, but, uh, yeah, those are the two Wonderful. that I would first think of. And then the last one I have is give us a Christian quote or a Bible verse that you're meditating on lately. Mm. Mine is um, from Romans eight, that those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the flesh and those that walk according to the spirit set their minds on the spirit. And whenever we've set our mind on something, um, that's what determines our the way we go. So if it's on the flesh, it will just bring death and pain and lack of peace, where if it's on the spirit, it'll bring life and peace and so it's like living my day. I want to, uh, our motto in our family is holy or is savior, like a shepherd lead us. And so our focus is on our shepherd to lead us in our decisions and in, in every part of our life to walk with him and not according to what I want. Yeah. yeah and for me, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm recontemplating the uh, Romans six passage. Uh, I mean, I'm, this is so my poor, this is my life 
intimately in, in Bill, Bill Lawrence, one of my mentors at DTS, poured this into me when I was there. And uh, I just wrote a blog recently on just the whole idea that we the, 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 the way we conquer the Christian life is not doing something. It's, it's knowing who we are in Christ, that we were identified with his death and his resurrection, believing it to be true, and then just surrendering ourselves to God for him to use us as he wants. So mm-hmm. it's not us working. It's realizing it's 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 what we know, what we believe that that uh, that God uses to accomplish his life in us, realizing it's not my life, it's his. I'm dead, he's alive, so let's just let him live his life through me. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Bruce and Tony, this has been wonderful, but uh, now is the time that you get to share everything about your ministry. Uh, tell us about where we can find you. Tell us about all the programs you have going on. Uh, please take a minute and do that. Sure. Um, our website is forgivingforward.com. On the homepage, you can sign up to receive the protocols of forgiveness in your email box. So just get give the us, guide. Get the guide is a forgiveness guide is what it's called. Uh, we also have our Forgiving Forward book. We have just finished yesterday, got the master files in our hands of a new um, small group or family or even individuals use this um, video series, an eight part video series with some other extras attached to it. It's been a year-long project, but it comes with a study guide, and that will be available the 1st of September. Okay. Um, uh, curr- about- currently, the original one, which is it's the same material, it's just been updated significantly, mm-hmm. uh, is on the website called Take the Course. So you can do that. Take the um, course online, or you can go to our store there and receive any of our um, products that we have. Yeah, and if, you need, and if you feel like you need coaching, you need help with the forgiveness, uh, the, call our office. The uh, It's 770-461-4151. And uh, we'll set you up with an appointment for us or with us or with or some of the other people we've trained around the country. So uh, that's what we do. Tell us about the Regenerating Your Marriage uh, CD series as well. Yes, we have that. We also do, we teach on that. Um, we do Regenerating Life, Your Marriage um, conferences. Okay. And so we had forgiveness as part of it. That's a big part of it because we both of us need to get rid of our wounds that have caused the torment. We don't need that third person in our marriage. We just need the Trinity, (laughs) you know, but, um, but then we also have some practical um, things that we added, you know, recognizing what our roles are and why, and why why we're married. Why, why, what's the reason we're married. Also, why we, how we got into the conflict and the mess and how we get it resolved through the cross and all that. And, you know, uh, if we, if we believe we are, who God says we are, we're one. We don't have to fight to be one. We are one. We just need to live out the reality of that. And then that the blood of Jesus covers all sins, including the ones that wound us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we recognize who God is in our relationship. So, yeah. So and, that's that, We're hopefully going to book out on that soon. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, this has been a pleasure. Thank you so much. I know there's so many nuggets of wisdom that I got and everyone listening will, will get as well. Uh, look, may may God grant you both many blessed years for you and your ministry, and uh, we look forward to seeing big things from you. Thank you so much, and Thank God bless. Thank you so much, Thanks. Dave. Appreciate it, Dave. Thanks for listening to Dad Devotionals. Make sure you subscribe to our newsletter at daddevotionals.com slash subscribe. Until then, God bless.